0: Welcome to the FN Podcast, where we talk about faith, entrepreneurship, and our neighbors. I am your host, Josh Forsyth, with co-host Adan Taez Get ready to have your worldview challenge to critically think and inform yourself on the perspectives of the biblical worldview, self-governance, self-reliance, entrepreneurship, and the state local government roles on citizens, neighbors. If you're ready, then let's go. Welcome back, everybody, to the FN Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Forsyth, and unfortunately, Adan Taez my hombre, my brother in Christ, is not going to be with us this evening. He, unfortunately, is away from us, out of town, doing his um, work remotely. I think he's somewhere in Vanderburg or somewhere out that way, and uh, he wasn't back in time to be able to set up his stuff. But hey, have no fear, I'm here. I got a special guest today um, amongst this crazy weather we've been having here in Southern California. Like though for like a week and a half, it was nothing but humidity and heat. And then we have this record-breaking heat of 110 plus, and now wildfires are just going off like crazy because it's that time of the year again with the Santa Anas. And we have one real close right here in the Azusa Glendora area that's just the ash and the orange glow and the reds from the fire in the sun is just amazing. I mean, it's tragic, it's sad, but, you know, we pray for our firefighters and the first responders that are out there to hopefully uh, extinguish those as fast as possible. But we're not going to be talking about that today because my special guest today is Demetrius Brown. He's my brother from another mother, a man in Christ. He's here with us. He's going to talk about, you know, his worldview view with Christ. His family life, where he grew up, that kind of stuff. We're just gonna keep it lively, guys. That's how we do it here on the FN podcast. And hey, Demetrius, how you doing, brother?
1: I'm doing all right. How you doing?
0: I'm doing fine, man. I mean, I wish it was uh, we weren't raining ash outside and it was a little cooler, but other than that, man, life is good. God is good, and uh, we're here doing another show, man. We are up to number eleven. Uh, no, this will be 12 because I didn't release 11 yet, guys. I had a couple hiccups. I didn't like the audio quality, so I'm going to have to redo that. Uh, so bear with me there. So this will be episode 12. That other one will be 11. They'll be released. Don't worry. We'll get them out there. But Demetrius, man, uh, so here, we brought you on, man, because we just wanted to share your worldview um, with, you know, we wanted to to know a little bit more about you because we're bringing our brothers and sisters on of Christ, our entrepreneurs, our neighbors, our neighborhood issues, and I thought you'd just be a good fit right now in these trying times, which been going on not only with the Rona, but with uh, you know the these crazy riots and protests and uh, your worldview with Christianity. So our audience doesn't know you, bro. I know we've communicated a lot on the socials and folks. I've never met him face to face yet, but I'm sure a beer's in order. Um, with our families pretty soon here, like all of our guests, or or your favorite beverage if you like wine or whiskey or whatever. But D, bro, tell us a little bit about yourself, man, where you grew up, where you came from, what you're about, and let's go from there, okay?
1: <laughs> I grew up in the same city you grew up in, which is Downey. Um, I'm originally from uh, Georgia. Um, came out here, obviously, with my family when I was five years old. Um, we bounced around from Carson to Linwood, where we ended up in Downey, um, and that's where I grew up. Um, you know, from Downey, I went to I went to Cal State Fullerton, um, and I've uh, been in the, been in Fullerton ever since.
0: Right on, man. So what? So you went to uh, you, you said you grew up in Downey, and uh, uh, what high school did you go to again? If you if you want to share that with our audience, Went to Warren, Warren High School, Warren, yeah, yeah, that's that's right. A, a former Oso, once a bear, always a bear, right? That's Right. Oh. But you are a little bit older than me. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, so you are. I'm gonna. If you don't mind sharing your age, um, I'm 37. You're what are you? How I'm old 46. are you again? Oh. Forty-six. Class of ninety-two. Right on. Ninety-two. Oh man, so you got me by a little bit, okay. So I think I was in. Uh, so if you got me by ten, what was I in? Probably like fifth grade or somewhere around there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did we even meet, brother? I think it was through the socials, through mutual friends, because I I grab it.
1: Yeah, it's Facebook. Okay. Um, I I see uh, you you know Jose Gutierrez, Jerry Leopard. Um, you know I've known Jerry since. My freshman year in high school, um, and Jose Gutierrez. I, you know, I'm friends with his family. Um, I'm sure you probably know his, Jerry's brother mm-hmm. Dindo. Um, that, that I'm sure that's that's we're mutual friends with them on yeah, Facebook. you know,
0: you know what it is, guys, and, and and these things. Even though social media is is great, but it also has its downfalls. D and I, I think, just hit it off. I think it was something to do with, like, because you you can read people. You can read their posts. You can see their memes. What they say that's, you know, middle to conservative to uh, constitutionalist to libertarian or whatever, if you want to put people in a box or even if it was about, you know, Jesus Christ or Lord Lord and Savior. I think that's kind of going back, you know, because it's so hard to keep up with so many people that we haven't had the physical face-to-face conversation with. Um, you know, so you just had these conversations on the socials and you're like, okay, when are we going to meet up? Are we going to crap or get off the pot? Uh, and just here, here it is. But now we're having this conversation here. And so like with Demetrius, I wanted to ask him about some stuff, you know, not only just about like his, his worldview with Christ and, and how he, how he came to, to gravitate to him. Uh, but, you know, talk about, you know, maybe a little bit more of, uh, of what's going on current events as well so D how did you come to know Christ
1: uh, it's just always been in my family <laughs> um, I'm actually I was baptized Mormon and was um, heavily involved in the church Boy Scouts I used to pass out the sacrament and I was actually gonna I was actually going to uh, go on a um, mission um, but all that changed when i've always been a seeker of truth it's always been in my personality ever since i was a little kid and i used to always drill my sunday school teacher with questions uh when i was when i was uh, going to the lds church uh things just didn't make any sense things didn't add up um i noticed the book of mormon there were contradictions to what was going on in the bible And one of the passages in a Bible uh, that really stuck to me, that I actually talked to my Sunday school teacher, I talked to my bishop about was the Bible. It clearly says, let no man add or subtract from this book. And it even talks about how if it's even an angel, one of us, because the angel, you know, wrote this passage and said, even if it's one of us, let that person be damned. And I found I found that's very interesting because in the Mormon faith, Joseph Smith, which is supposed to be this true prophet they talk about. He says that an angel came to him in the forest and gave him these plates. And that's how the whole LDS church started. And um, that's how the whole Book of Mormon started. And they call the Book of Mormon another testament. To Jesus, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, the Bible talks about let no one add to this book, and that's exactly what they're doing. So when I questioned them on that, they didn't like that, and I just thought, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like this: don't shoot the messenger. So at that point, I just gravitated from the church and and started going to Calvary Chapel. And that and that was uh, history. Uh, basically, it right there.
0: Right on, man. And I can't speak on the full Book of Mormon because I haven't studied it like my brother Adon, our co-host, has, um, and Pastor James White and Jeff Durbin, who I follow uh, religiously. You know, needless to say, on their their podcasts, their shows, on the socials, because I love what they do. You know, and they've gone up to uh, Utah and challenged them outside of their temples and their churches, and said, "Hey, you're, you're living a false gospel, man. A false, you're, you, the false word. It's, it's not righteous. You you need this this right here. Like you said, you cannot add, you cannot subtract. Um, and to throw throw this other one in that uh, kind of uh, that false, uh, you know, worldview is." Uh, and their standard is the jehovah witnesses i we get a lot of them and what's what's crazy, brother is my dad, his side of the family, the size, the crunks all uh grew up in the church of the l d s and you know the missionaries still come over occasionally uh mm-hmm. excuse me the elders, I should say the elders um come over to my parents' house um in Downey, and they've even been over here in our in our little house over here in Norwalk, and I said, you know, thank you, God bless, but no thanks, um, and so forth. But man, that's that's a an amazing story, man, because I, I you know I don't, it's not that I don't have the time. It's I need to set my mind right when I do dig deep into not only Scripture in the Bible. But to learn about the other religions and and the other branches off that add to the books. And I just haven't done that yet. So I leave that to my theologians, my pastors, and people that are well, better versed in that, like yourself, because you've gone through it. My buddy had done. Um, and these other pastors and so forth, man. But that's that's an amazing story, brother. And I love that you figured it out. Because most people haven't. And I'm telling you what. you You see it. I know you do, but I don't know how much time you spend on the socials. Uh, my buddy, our co-host, Adan, has called out the LDS on plenty of occasions. And I'm just, I'm just sit back and I'm just baffled. I'm like, yes, feed me more. So I need myself, I need to make the commitment to dig in there and learn a little bit more about the other ones and so forth. Um, so with that being said, brother, um, tell me, tell me a little bit uh, about with you being a, a man of Christ, where does your like worldview stand on politics? Because the Bible, there's God's law, there's Bible, and so forth. And scripture says, like, hey, these people are supposed to be the people that lead us, correct? Um, what's, your, what's your worldview on, like, the political realm with being a Christian and, and today? That's my you worldview. Don't
1: I just think the world is twist it right now um, you know it's it's very disturbing seeing the things I see and it's disturbing it's 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 mind-boggling to, to just wrap my head around how people think and why people make the decisions they make Um I just think this this world is becoming more and more uh, avoided of God. Um, I mean, it's just it's truly wicked, and I think one of the 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 the, the real problems is uh, is the internet. I just truly think that's mm-hmm. more than likely the beast the Bible talks about. It is just tearing families apart. Um, you know, I, I I struggle with getting my kids off the internet. Um,
0: because you have you have uh, three kids, correct, sir?
1: Three kids, and um, you know I see how the exposure they get on the internet, how it's influencing their minds. Um, especially my daughter; she was talking about Cardi B the other day, and and talking to her mom about it and the foul language that 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 lady uses in her in her um music it's it's just unbelievable and you know girls like my daughter she's only 12 years old and they look up to you know they see this and they think it's and and, and they're trying to normalize the filth that's coming out of her mouth and that's why i just try to keep my kids off the internet because it's just this is bad all the way around it's uh, for their minds and and, and, and and how it's influencing them.
0: Yeah, I 100 I percent agree with you, brother, because we we have four four little ones here, you know, ranging in from 10 to five. And most people know who I am and those who aren't, are just new tuning in. Thank you. Um, we have two boys, two girls. They, we're unapologetic of our worldview, how we raise our children, what we do. Um, And the biggest thing is with that wickedness, brother, I think people are being woke a little bit with um, not sending their kids anymore to government schools, the public education system. I was a product of it. And don't get me wrong. I loved every single minute, uh, minute of it. Holy crap. Mumbling my words here. Minute of it. Enjoying my sports, being in all the activities and having that socialization, those girlfriends, those friendships and everything like that. Um, but we made that choice to not do that because we knew of what our beautiful left coast, meaning, cause we are on the left side of the United States and they are left leaning, but our beautiful weather, our beautiful left coast where we live, both of us live. It's even worse here in California with the school systems. The, the I call them mini indoctrination camps. They're surrounded by chain link fences. They have security or law enforcement. They can't keep you safe from mass murders and and, and shooters. So it's like, hello, um, they're indoctr- indoctrinating you with Common Core, with transgender and bisexual stuff, all this stuff, breaking down the family unit, and and no, no, thank you. So that's a that's a big factor and of the wickedness that's out there in the secularism and the progressivism and the and it's straight out Marxism, um, and you know. I encourage people to continue to remove your children from this distance learning COVID Ronin nonsense and do it. And if anybody wants any tips, and I know I've gone on a little tangent right here, we've been doing it three years. Don's been doing it for about the same amount of time. Our wives mainly do it, but we have the system set up where you do it for two to three hours because we don't want to let the kids keep getting infiltrated with that nonsense. We got to keep preaching and showing them the biblical worldview and that standard because that is the just and only standard. And going back to the Internet, brother, I just had to recently, with their oldest daughter that's 10, block the YouTube, block the Roblox uh, video, little game that they play on the browser because there's so many pervs, there's so much nastiness that doesn't fit in alignment with how we want to raise our children in our worldview.
1: You block roadblocks, huh?
0: Yes, sir. I, I highly recommend it. Um, because there's a lot of pervs, and I caught them on there. And I said, if I ever find you, there's going to be, um, the chingazos are going to throw to my Latino brothers and sisters out there. If you know what I'm saying? Um, because I'm not afraid when, when it's time to stand up to what's righteous, because I do not need, the pedophiles and the pervs coming at me or anybody else and I'll stand up with you and I'll chase and hunt you down needless to say so yes I did block roblox via my router I know how to log in (coughs) excuse me log in there get in there and block that web address so they cannot download it put it on any of their devices period infinity hey what's up guys (laughs) sorry about that gotta love the technology when it works great it's amazing when it doesn't Yeah, it kind of sucks, but whatever. Um, So yeah, we were rolling along there and talking about wickedness in this world and blocking things from our children to see because we care about them, because we have a biblical standard and worldview that we believe in, and Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And so yeah, the, the, the recording just cut off. I think I had my silly screensaver on and just like, yeah, shut you off. So we're back. And now we're going to be rolling into kind of the second half with uh, Demetrius here. I mean, we talked a little bit, you know, we know he has three kids, how he found Christ, you know, starting in the LDS and then challenging the authority figures that were there in the church and saying this ain't right. And then joining Calvary Chapel and, you know, the rest is history. And so for him, I want to say thank you for that, brother, for seeing the light, because it's taken me. 37 years, 36 actually, because it was the first part of this year that I knew about Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus until I joined my rooted group, which digs deeper into the word, into doing uh, every, na- every every day you have, um, you know, 20 to 30 minutes of doing some studies and then reading some scripture further. But now, and I've said this on previous episodes, and I just I, I just can't wait for this because this Rona nonsense needs to go away because I'm dying on this it is my wife, myself and our two olders are going to finally get baptized. And it's taken this long. But, you know, I we still struggle with things. You know, we're imperfect. We still have our, our daily sins, but we stay in the word with our daily devotionals. We read when we're at home. I read it at her, I, I work. You know, I pray and I know he's, he's always there, man. So now with the biblical worldview of Christ, which we both have, D. Brown, uh, Demetrius, and I say D. Brown for short because it's a term of endearment, guys, you know, Uh, because he's a brother in Christ. And and we we always have nicknames for each other. Right. So what's your worldview? Outside of your worldview, like how does what is does your political leanings at all? Because we all have politics in our daily life, whether that be work. Whether how we vote, whether it be in our neighborhood, whether it be on the socials or whatever, what's your what's your political leanings? If Josh Forsyth and the FN podcast were to put you in a box, brother,
1: political leanings, yes, sir. Uh, uh, you mean I, well, I lean right? <laughs> I mean I'm a, lean, I'm conservative. Uh, okay. I mean, uh, do I am I full support of the you know, Republican party. No, um, I have issues with them as well. Um, but I am cause my, my views and my value is definitely conservative. Um, I, I just, I do have a problem with pretty much all of Washington. I, you know, I vote, I've always thought the Democrat party is a bit uh, is a fraud. um, I, I I always said this. I've been saying this for the past, my goodness, I would say about 15 years now. I've been saying the two biggest con jobs in American history is um, getting people to believe they have to go to college to make it in life, and amen to that. Getting, getting blacks to support the Democrat Party. I just it, I just do not understand for the life of me. As a black American, why would you want to support a party that has a history of keeping you oppressed and is still doing it to this day?
0: A hundred percent, amen.
1: Yeah, and you know, and I, my disdain for the Republican Party is because you know, they're like the bystanders that aren't doing anything, so they're just as guilty in my eyes. Um, I, <laughs> you know, you know, Trump comes along and. You know, I, there's a lot of things I like about Trump. He's not perfect, but there's a lot of things I like about him. He has my full support, but as far as the party he represents, I just, I I just, I think these politicians are just self-serving and they just need to go.
0: Yeah. I'm a hundred percent with you, man. I call them, um, if you've heard any of the previous episodes or or followed me on the socials, I call them thugs in, in black suits. And then it's not saying black because they're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, whatever, because they all wear pretty much black suits, right? Yep. So I used to be exactly what you were, man. I used to be a uh, moderate Republican, then uh, uh, a uh, basically a kill them all neocon after 9 11, then a constitutionalist. Then I was like, yeah, you know what? Okay, whatever. But I do align more so with the conservatives, with the the, the fiscal family values type of, uh, a kind of thing. Hey guys, welcome back again. Technology is having hiccups galore. Hey, Mr. Forsyth over here is failing you guys at the FN podcast. I apologize guys, but Hey, getting back to it. Let's get back on track here and we're going to finish strong right here. All right. So, Talk about the worldview in politics. Yeah, I was a constitutionalist, um, uh, minarchist, libertarian. When I started realizing these people don't really care because that's when I got into politics locally. I uh, became a commissioner of Norwalk and, and seeing the utter incompetence, the corruption, the tomfoolery, the molasses pace, that stuff gets done. And they can't even, folks, they can't even keep your parks clean and green equipment safe for your kids basketball hoop's good and your roads paved and you want to blame trump orange man bad on xyz or the coronavirus, and now you're gonna vote for dementia biden are you kidding me i think he hit the the nail on the head here when he was talking about like hey this is where my my worldview stands and my politics and the leanings you know and i get it if you want to vote, that's fine. I don't vote for for my leaders on a on a national level, because my only leader is Jesus Christ, um, and that's it. I don't even vote here in California that we both live in because we know it's not going to matter, because we got these progressive, Marxist, uh, liberals, collectivists that just want handouts and control everything. So you want to talk about freedom and liberty, guys? Yeah, it's not them. Um, so I get involved locally. And that's what I want to encourage more people to get involved locally because we are having local issues hit us. And one of the biggest things that's happening right now, and if you guys think it's not going to ha- happen or it's not happening, look what happened back in, what was it, April, when we had the riots, right, over here in L.A., throughout the United States, in the big cities. And these big cities are, have been run by the Democrats, if you want to play the party game, the progressives, the liberals, and they're absolute cesspools. They're dysfunctional cesspools with graffiti, with trash, with homelessness, with garbage roads, with garbage lighting. For what? And they're keeping the man down. You you said that earlier, Demetrius. They've been keeping the man down and destroying the family unit for almost fifty years. The black community, the black man and woman used to be the highest rate of Christians and also people uh, kids being born in wedlock and tight family units. Look it up, guys. These studies and this research doesn't lie. And now they're on the opposite end of the spectrum. And he went to say it, guys. I didn't release his skin color early. For a simple fact, because Demetrius Brown, some might make an assumption or whatever, but I wanted him to release that. Because that's not what we are about here. We're about our brothers and sisters in Christ that are, want to be on this show. We have the same mother and father, but we're of different tribes. And he let it out of the bag. That's fine. But getting back to the local issues now, I think he he has some say what's been going on with these protests which have turned violent and into riots. And now the biggest one in Kenosha, we've had some stuff over here recently with some other shootings with uh, the LASD. And I have my problems with the police and law enforcement. Make no mistake about it, guys. I want to see the drug war ended. I want to see drugs decriminalized. I don't want to see people locked up in cages from horrible decisions. They need help to get off that stuff. It's evil. It's horrible. I get it. And I wanted to see the victimless crime stuff go away. So that's my worldview because I believe they need – because they're never going away. Law enforcement's never going away. Even though I want to see the private sector take over, it ain't going to 100% happen. So they're going to be here. What the heck is going on right now, Demetrius, that you see not only from the media, from these blacks being shot. These law enforcement agents that are supposed to be holding up the biblical worldview, because we've given them the authority right through Christ to hold, uphold the law and so forth. And they're potentially innocently shooting black men or people of color. And now people are rioting and doing all these other things. What do you think about all that, man? What do you, what, what's, what's going on in your head as a black man in America today in Southern California?
1: I don't. I don't think the police thing is a is is a is a is a real issue right now. Um, I think it's all about manipulation by the media. Um, there are plenty of white guys getting shot by the police. The only difference is, uh, and there's way more white guys getting shot by the police. By yes, the sir. way, but the, the only difference is they're not putting it on the news when that happens. It's all about manipulation, and they tend to do this. When uh, the election year comes Mm -hmm. around, which we're in right now, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, my fellow black Americans are easily to get manipulated and riled up. And that's exactly what they're doing. You know, there's no short answer or or, uh, reason to this. Um, You know, I noticed this back when I started going on my journey about 15 years ago, I used to have these long winded discussions with my friend about politics and stuff. And one of the things I used to always say is, you know, these people cannot, they're they either, you know, the politicians, the powers that be are either stupid or they know what they're doing and they're doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. And the only logical conclusion I could come to is they're not stupid. Mm-hmm. They're doing it on purpose. Yes. And one of the things I realized is that, You know, going way back into the, uh, and I found this out through a lot of research and stuff. Um, The problem with the black community, our strength used to always be faith and family. And back in the early 1900s, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, it was early, late 1800s, early 1900s. It used to basically just be the black community and the white community. And the black community had their own schools and everything. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I found out through an unwritten history is back in the day when there was like all black schools, um, you know, it was just like, you know, you stay on your side of the tracks, they stay on their side of the tracks. And it's not that it was like some rule or something, it's just how people preferred to live those days. My point is. The black community was thriving back then. Um, The kids in the schools were doing fantastic. And a matter of fact, what they were saying was academically, the black schools were outperforming the white schools. And what happened was um, the powers that be, these 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 unknown powers that I won't even bring up right now, didn't like this. And what they did was they created this group called the black Bouye, that's the pronounced, the proper pronunciation of it's called the Black Bouye, and these are black uh, a, a certain amount of people that they use as a conduit to the black community. And to give you an example, Jesse Jackson, Al <laughs> Sharpton, are part of the Black Bouye, right? And right. they basically do what they're told uh, from the powers that be. And I'll just say, they're the powers that be. Uh, Martin Luther King was part of the Black Bouillet, believe it or not. So was Rosa Parks. The whole incident with Rosa Parks was actually all staged, and it was to get the Black community riled up. And here's what people don't understand is that when the whole civil rights movement happened, it was not wanted or initiated by the Black community. It was initiated by the white community. What they wanted to do was they wanted, it's that old saying, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they had the the black bouillé, the leaders, start fighting for civil rights and got the black community behind them. But it's not something your average Joe Schmo wanted. Everybody was fine mm-hmm. being in their own community having their own schools it's just that they got the Black Bouillet, the Al Sharptons, Martin Luther King's of the world to start fighting for so-called civil rights uh, integration and all that stuff. And when the integration happened is when the problems start happening in the black community. And what I mean by that is um, when 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 the Democrats got involved, with the black community is, was the slow downfall of the black community. The family structure start being tearing up, torn apart by Lyndon B. Johnson. Yep. Um, uh, the, the, that's when all the racial tensions started and they knew exactly what they were doing and they knew exactly where it would lead to. And here we are today where you the communities, uh the all black communities back then versus now it's just night and day yeah you have uh uh you know back then it was like 15 percent of the households were single parents now it's like well over 70 percent. i
0: think it's actually higher like 80 some percent but yeah go ahead
1: no no and, and i and i was like that that has been their plan all along you know that th- this was decades in the making and, and now the, there's, the, you know, the black community is is, is basically in chaos.
0: Yeah, it's in it's in chaos and turmoil, and that's the it's a, that's actually the first I've heard of the the black bouye As he, oh yeah, and I I need to dig a little bit deeper into that, brother. Uh, but yes, but I, and I thank you for that. So if you do have any stuff that that can help myself and or others, we'll put in the show notes. Hey, here it is, guys. Look at it, research it, tell me what you think. But the destruction of the family unit—you hit the nail on the head—has been this way since what, the '60s, '50s, '60s? The Civil rights movement.
1: It started uh, with uh, Lyndon B. Johnson. He ent- he implemented the welfare yes. state, and that's when it.
0: So here, here's the handouts. Here's everything. Yep. Baby, daddy's gonna help you, and this is what the message is. And I'm beating my 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 fist right now. I am. I'm hitting stuff, guys. I'm, I'm pounding because I'm, I'm passionate. This is the problem with, I don't care your race, religion, origin, or creed. It doesn't matter. The government is not your savior. They're not going to save you. Jesus Christ will save you. He saved me. He saved "Deep Brown. He's he's saving other people. He's spreading the message to. We're meant to be disciples to spread this message, and we're going to, and I'm going to do it maybe in a little bit more aggressive way than Demetrius here, but that's just who I am, guys. But I'm telling you, they're not to save you. They are to provide for the general welfare, which means defense of a nation state. And do they do that, guys? No, they don't. They can't even, they can't even take care of you on a local level, man. You call 911, and on average, police are seven minutes away. So what are you going to do uh, to save your neighbors? or You know, all these things, man. But it goes back to destroying the family unit. The one man, the one woman. The abortions, the murdering of babies
1: daily in the womb. and They, they are anti, anti-family. They are
0: anti-family, 100%, brother. You nailed it, and it's just sickening. And then what's been going on here with these, I'm going to call them thugs, and these rioters with BLM. Let's talk about that, brother. You are a black man. You're a man of Christ. What do you think about BLM right now, man? What do you think about BLM, the organization, and let's separate – let's do a two-parter here. The organization and even BLM as in, you know, just Black Lives Matter.
1: Well, first and foremost, um, I don't need anyone to tell me my life matters. Second, uh, I think Black Lives Matter is a fraud. It's a Marxist, godless, anti family fraud. Um, and uh, I can't understand for the life of me why anybody would support it. Mm. Um, it, it and, and I've never seen something as clear as day as that. And, and I just cannot understand why it can't everybody see it as clear as I see it. Um, they're a fraud. Um, if they really truly cared about black lives, they would be in Chicago every weekend. Right. They would. They right? would be in every. Right. I'm sorry.
0: I said right. Every parish, every uh, ward, every every city, every little nook and neighborhood, going like, "Hey, you're, right. you're murdering black There'll on be black." New
1: Orleans. There will be in Milwaukee. Yep. I mean, Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, blacks are getting slaughtered every weekend in those cities, mm-hmm. uh, and, and they don't care. Uh, you know, uh, if, if a police officer shoots somebody, that. Is being combative and not complying, and 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 that you know in most cases left the police officer no other choice but to shoot him. Here comes Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's ridiculous. And one of the things I brought up the fact is is that black genocide is happening right now in this country, mm-hmm. and um, the 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 one thing that Affects the black community the least, the very least, by far, which is cop killings, you know, which happens, you know, I can count on, uh, you know, one hand uh, of that happening every year. That's what they want to focus on. But they're not focusing on the more than 7,000 blacks that are killed by other blacks every year uh, on an annual basis. Or
0: the number of blacks that are murdered in the womb daily, brother.
1: Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. They're not. Focusing on Planned Parenthood,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where 1,400, on average, 1,400 babies are aborted every day, black babies, 1,400. That And they say that's a three-to-one ratio of all the other races combined. Mind-boggling,
0: 1400.
1: mind-boggling. 1,400. That is ridiculous.
0: I thought it was closer and, to 1,000, brother. And if it, if it is that, it, it's just, and I'm sure it's more because there is, the population has grown. It, it, that's just mind-boggling. Sorry to cut you off.
1: No, no, yeah, no. It's it, it, it's it's beyond mind boggling That's you know fourteen hundred babies. And what I tell people is, uh, it's no coincidence that Planned Parenthood is most um, most of the Planned Parenthoods are in Black communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you look at the history of how Planned Parenthood was started, it was started by uh, someone named Margaret Singer.
0: Yep, know who she is? A,
1: a, a Democrat. Uh, a staunch racist yep. that was quoted saying the less black babies, the better. Uh, she was also saying that black people are like weeds that need to be exterminated.
0: Disgusting. It,
1: it, it, and, and yet you have a party, the Democrats that fully support this organization and minority supporting this, the Donald supporting the party, the Democrat party, but supporting this organization. And I, I, I again, <laughs> I cannot understand why people can't see what I see. Mm-hmm. And if Black Lives Matter, if Black Lives Matter, if they really matter to Black, uh, uh, if the Black Lives really matter, they would not tolerate what's going on at Planned Parenthood. They will not tolerate what's going on within our own community. Mm-hmm. And one of the most stunning things I I learned that I told people about is the NAACP did a three-year study where they carefully counted every single lynching that took place from 18, I want to say it was 1868 to 1965, I believe it was. Okay. But they carefully counted every single one. And then they added on about 10% to that. And the number they came to, it was like three thousand four hundred and forty-two lynchings that took place, and it was like is almost a hundred years, little under a hundred years. And I told people, I said, everybody wants to talk about lynchings, which should have never happened, but when you look at the numbers, which is less than thirty-five hundred in a hundred years. And we are killing each other twi- at twice that amount on an annual basis. Yeah. yeah. That's a problem.
0: Amen to that, man. It's, 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 just, disgusting it's just disgusting, disgusting with the, the mindset of these people that think that these people, these politicians are going to save you with that worldview. And it's an unbiblical worldview because they're not based on the standard of Christ and the Bible. And... For you saying that, man, it it means a lot, not only to me, but to this audience. Because, you know, yeah, I got a Don Tejas on. He's a Latino. He's Mexican. And you got me a gringo mutt from Europe, the family that came over here in the 1800s. But to have somebody that was here, that's been born here and and local that's seen this stuff, that found Christ and to give his worldview and tell you guys to wake up. The crap up. I'm gonna say it nicely. You need to, because until you get your house in order or yourself in order, then your house in order ain't nothing else matter. None of these, none of these bozos, like he said earlier, Sharpton, Jackson, Maxine Waters, Trevor Noah, this other race baiting thug. Oh. Don't even get me started with him, bro. And these other boneheads that are on the socials, trying to tell you all these things that white man's bad and white guilt and all this other stuff, bro, I can't change my skin color. I don't care what your skin color is. You know, I love you. I love my enemies. I love my brothers and sisters of Christ a little bit more. I'm going to tell you that, but like, I can't change that, that I'm a white man. Even though I get called Latino and Hispanic all the time. And people at the job sites, because I'm a carpenter says, Hey, start speaking to me in Spanish. The people call me Cubano, Puerto Rican, Mexican, and stuff. I'm like, Bro, I'm gringo. I just have high cheekbones and I tan well. Like, leave me alone, you know? But I'm just saying, you can't let that stuff determine your outcome, man. We live in the United States of America. We have the greatest opportunity that there is. There might be some freer countries via, via taxation and other freedoms and so forth. But we have the Second Amendment. We have freedom of movement, kind of, a little bit, or whatever. But you have the opportunity here, guys, but your outcome... Is on you. You didn't make it happen. And this man made it happen with his kids, with his wife, with his worldview. I'm trying to make it happen here with this podcast, with, with Forsyth Farms, with food security. Adon's trying to make it happen with his regular job and his website building and so forth and whatnot. But before we end this right here, brother, I got another question for you. And I know he we went a little deep. And there's a lot of rabbit hole stuff we could probably go down a little bit more. And I know I've, I've I've kept you guys a little long here, and I apologize for the technical difficulties once again. <laughs> but what do you think? One more big question. i mean we're gonna hit with a home run, grand slam right here. I'm feeling it, man, because I'm a you know I'm a big sports guy, man. What responsibility and and perspective do you have? As a father and a man of Christ and a black man, let's throw, let's throw that cherry on top with extra sprinkles and whipped cream to stir it up to everybody out there that's hating. That's not loving like we are. What responsibility and perspective do you have for people or what message do you have for these people right now with what's going on with everything? With the, the silly Rona, which I believe is a pandemic. Plan, and these protests and riots and other stuff and what, what what do you got to finish this strong brother Tell me
1: <laughs> just to tune out the nonsense tune out the uh, stop watching mainstream media it's, they're just it's all about manipulation um, things aren't as bad as, as the news say they are uh, don't take anything they say. Uh, with any true meaning, they, they, it's all about, they lie and they manipulate. Um, you know, with this whole racism thing, you know, I always teach my kids, um, you know, you're not going to get everybody to like you and who cares? Nope. It, there's going to be racist people out there and that doesn't matter. I, I always tell people as long, the only thing that matters is that you love yourself and you have family that loves you. If somebody doesn't like you because of the color of your skin that's that's their right to do so and who 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 cares you know i grew up in an environment where um you know the neighborhood i grew up in there, there wasn't even a latino in our neighborhood it was all white and i was fortunate enough not to experience any racism i never had any bad experiences with police officers um and I think it's just all about how you conduct yourself, how you carry yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure a little, a lot of it also was because I, you know, I was blessed. God protected me from all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I've always, I've always gone to church and and had God in my life. So I think He put that shield over me and protected me somewhat with that. But uh, you know, it, it was my personal responsibility to how I conducted myself. You know, if you act like a thug, you're going to get treated like one. Mm -hmm. If you talk like a thug, you're going to get treated like one, you know, and and that's what I was always taught growing up. You know, how you carry yourself is everything. And, um, you know, with people out there, just personal responsibility, um, loving yourself, uh, believing in yourself and tuning that stuff out. It's gonna go a long way.
0: You just hit a ground slam right there, brother. In loving yourself, personal responsibility, which is lacking with today's societies, uh, today's society, and the, these kids, because everything's pushed off. It's not my. It's not my role. It's not my responsibility. Excuse me. Who do you think you are, man? You know, he's watching above, looking down on you, and guess what? The wrath is going to come if you don't take Him in your heart and get your mind right with Him and to share the message. You you don't need to be a theologian. You don't need to be an apologetic, even though I love that stuff. And I let my my brothers and sisters that are better at that, like spread that message so I can learn and let those seeds sow in my heart, in my mind, so I can have that ammo to spread to everybody else. But I want to thank Our special guest today, Demetrius Brown, for coming on. This was a great conversation amongst the technical difficulties. So I got a lot of editing to do, guys, and I apologize again for that. But this was great. From his worldview as a man of Christ, you know, that conservative worldview, and a black man. And like I said, we didn't come out saying that he's a black man because we didn't want to. We wanted you guys to... Hear a man speak. It doesn't matter about your skin color. He's a man of Christ. He figured it out. And we wish for the rest of our brothers and sisters that are out there in this world to find Christ. Know him in your heart. Get him in your mind. Spread that message. Make disciples. And again, guys, thank you for tuning in. Find us on all your local podcast platforms. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. You name it, we're out there. Share this episode with a friend, a foe. We would love to have you on. Fill out the little questionnaire we have for you. And guess what, guys? Not everybody's getting on. Because if you don't provide value for this show and this audience, because we are a niche, you ain't getting on. I'm sorry. I can't let you on because I don't need trolls. And we will block you and delete you like we already have with a loving heart. And we're going to pray for you. But until next time, guys. Thank you again, Demetrius, for coming on, brother. I really, really appreciate it, and I wish Adon could have been here because I know he could have added a lot of value with his uh, – uh, I call him the mini-theologian, even though he's a big dude. <laughs> and uh, miss you today, Adon. But any any final thoughts, brother, before we wrap it up here, man?
1: <laughs> no, just um, – um, just- Keep it positive and pray. You know, that's, that's all we can do these days, man. It's, it's, uh, you know, with this whole Rona, as you like to call it. Uh, I mean, things were already chaotic as it is, and that just, I mean, that just added to the plate. So, um, all we can do is just be, stay hopeful and keep praying and, and, um, you know, uh, watch over our families and and just try to stay positive.
0: Amen to that, guys. I'm going to leave you guys with one verse here that, that came to my daily devotionals a few days ago, and I think it still resonates today. Psalms 18.2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I trust my buckler, and the horn of my salvation and my high power. Give all the glory to him, guys, because without him, you're lost, and you ain't going to be saved. Until next time, folks, stay cool. Stop breathing that ash from those fires here in SoCal. We love you, and God bless.